Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The latest in the criminal case of Corey Richens, the Utah woman accused of poisoning her husband and then writing a children's book about grief in the aftermath of his death. Retired police sergeant and criminal justice professor Joseph Jackalone breaks down the evidence against her. Welcome to Sidebar, presented by Law and Crime. I'm Jesse Weber. I have covered a lot of stories at Law and Crime, but if there's one thing I can tell you throughout all of them, it is that you have to stay safe. And that's why I want to talk to you right now about Palm Pepper Spray. This is a discreet but powerful personal defense tool that can really help. Palm Pepper Spray shoots up to 12 feet using the strongest legal formula of pepper spray. It is super safe. It's easy to use. It's ready to fire. All you got to do is just point and spray. The best part, we got a promo code for you. You can save 10% by using code LAWCRIME10 at palmpepperspray.com. And always remember, call 911 if you see somebody in trouble. Let's talk about Corey Richens. Okay, what a story this is. Richens is the 33-year-old Utah mother of three accused of poisoning to death her husband, 39-year-old Eric Richens, by giving him a Moscow mule laced with excessive doses of fentanyl back in March of 2022. And then after he dies, she writes a children's book about grief called Are You With Me? She even did an interview about this book about a month before her arrest. Joining us now is author of Are You With Me? Corey Richens to share her three C's to helping kids cope with grief. And Corey, I want to start with your story. What happened in your personal life? So my husband passed away unexpectedly last year. So it's March 4th was a one year anniversary for us. And um, he was 39. It completely took us all by shock. Um, and we have three little boys, 10, nine and six. And, um, you know, we kind of, my kids and I kind of wrote this book on the different emotions and grieving processes that we've experienced last year and, you know, hoping that it can kind of help other kids, you know, um, deal with this and kind of, you know, find happiness some, some way or another. Now the backstory. Allegedly, Mr. Richens claimed prior to his death that his wife tried to poison him on previous occasions. They had a rocky marriage. Reporting indicates that Corey had stolen money from her husband, borrowing money on his credit cards, forged his initials to borrow $250,000, took money that he had earmarked for taxes, and she tried to secretly change his life insurance policy for her to become the sole beneficiary. Eric caught wind of this, changed it back to his sister without telling Corey. In fact, right before he died, he was apparently going to tell her that he was cutting her out of his will. And also the two disagreed about buying a $2 million mansion that Corey wanted to buy and flip. And after police say she poisoned him, hours later, she actually closed on that property and threw a party. Now, she was supposed to have a detention hearing where it would be decided if she could be released on bail. But that has been postponed to June 6th because new information has come to light. 
That new information is that prosecutors have learned that Corey also allegedly purchased four life insurance policies on Eric's life, totaling $2 million between 2015 and 2017, and Eric was seemingly not aware of this. It is quite the case. She is currently facing a charge of first-degree aggravated murder, multiple counts of second-degree possession of a controlled substance with intent to distribute. Let me bring in right now Joseph Jackalone, retired police sergeant and criminal justice professor. Joseph, great to have you on here. My goodness. I want to start with the motive. It's kind of textbook, right? The money trail. What do you think about this? Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of what we refer to as old detective maxims, right? Follow the money. And then the three, what we refer to as the homicide triangle, love, money, and drugs. In this case, has got all of them. Yeah. And the fact that Eric, um, after Eric dies, Corey gets into a fight with his sister about the assets, about the money. And she ends up suing his family for $3.6 million and for his sister to be removed as the trustee of the property. Corey had argued that she was entitled to the assets as part of a prenuptial agreement. All of that evidence, is it just... Could she argue, hey, it's just coincidental or does it add up and look really, really bad for her? Well, one thing, investigators don't believe in coincidences. All right. So we look at this and you look at it and you said, follow the money and you look at all these changes and the life insurance policies and all the things that come after it. There are so many red flags here. And it's unfortunate that the victim wasn't able to see some of these. And maybe that's where, you know, some of the laws need to be changed about opening up life insurance policies under someone else's name without them knowing about it. Yeah, and the idea that this was about money and this was about that she was doing this and seemingly he knew about it. I want to talk to you about his previous statements because he alleged, he allegedly said, if something happens to me, check out Corey. He said on Valentine's Day in 2022, she gave him a sandwich. He took one bite. He broke into hives. He couldn't breathe. Said years before, Corey gave him a drink while in Greece. He became violently ill. Could all of that come into evidence? Could all of that be used by prosecutors? Well, unfortunately, it's all anecdotal in that respect, and you don't have the evidence to be able to prove it. So if you know if they would have kept the sandwich or the drinks way back when and had it tested, then yeah, then everything else just becomes circumstantial and just part and parcel of the case here. So, I mean, they have, they, they have this, you know, toxicology reports with this fentanyl levels that are off the charts. And uh, this is something where now they're basing their case on that. And plus all the changes, the circumstantial evidence is stacking up against her for sure. Yeah. And look, I know there might be hearsay issues, but I will say there's a lot of exceptions to that. So if he told people that she was poisoning him, could it be a dying declaration? Could it be showing what his mindset was at the time? Maybe it could come in. Um, I still think it's ultimately relevant. What do you make of the fact that hours after she allegedly kills him. She closes on the property that the two disputed about and throws a party. Now, it's not clear if any of the party goers knew that he died, but that timeline of events, I think, is going to be very crucial. No, absolutely. And investigators are going to need to interview every person that was at that party and to see if there was any statements made. And like you said before, you don't even know if they knew that he was no longer with us at that moment. So that those are also some clues. So if somebody asked her about where he was and she, you know, she came up with a story about something else, that would also be an interesting part of this case. So there's going to be a ton of interviews and a ton of, like I said, there's going to be people coming into this courtroom going to be able to, to uh, tell their side of the story about that party, per se. Yeah, it's just it's incredible. And for a woman who's accused of killing her husband for financial gain, the idea that she exploited his death so she could sell a book. On Amazon, I mean, it just kind of lines up with this. 
how, how do you, do you where do you see investigators going next in this case? Well, investigators are going to start seeing if they can find anything else within the house. Uh, we don't know if there's video surveillance in this house. I mean, they had a very large piece of property. There could be you know some information that we are unaware of that might have some other clues in on this. Uh, including, you know, if there was an alarm set when it was shut off and all those other things that happened, who came and who left. I, I guarantee in a, in a house like that, I mean, we've all seen the pictures that there's probably surveillance cameras in and around that property, which would be interesting to see her coming and going and her reactions about what, what was happening. Well, let me tell you what I think is some of the most direct evidence, and I'm curious your opinion on it. I think all the financial evidence, really strong circumstantially, right? It, it kind of shows and builds up the story. But she claimed... She told law enforcement that she found him at 3 a.m., found him dead, called 911, right? But she claimed that she left her cell phone in the bedroom on the night that she found Eric dead. She claimed that she woke up, as I said, 3 a.m. She says that she left the cell phone, cell phone in her bedroom. She didn't take it into her son's room. But according to the data, the phone had been locked and unlocked several times, and she was texting, and those messages were apparently deleted. Okay, picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. And then also, she didn't perform any life-saving measures because when they found him, there was blood on his mouth. What do you think of those two aspects? Well, sure. I mean, this is what, uh, you know, the forensic horseman, video surveillance, internet records, and cell phone records, right? We've seen this happening now over and over again in these cases, putting people at the scene, putting information out there. So listen, we know that you can delete the text messages, but nothing is ever really deleted. So they'll, they'll drop the subpoenas and the warrants for the phones. And then investigators are all trained about that estimated time of death. So what condition the body was in? Was it you know, did liver mortis, right? The pooling of the blood had already, you know, usually starts within 30 minutes and rigor mortis usually starts within a few hours. So they can tell just by looking at the body if the story of the person who found them uh, matches or, or adds up. So those are all important things. And of course, the medical examiner's reports are going to try to zone in on that time of death also. And he had no history, right, of drug abuse. So it's going to be very hard for her to say, if, if they connect her to buying the pills that she bought him for him, which, by the way, leads me to seemingly the crucial witness, the state, the state star witness, the drug dealer, person who sold Corey the fentanyl, $900 worth of pills before Eric's death. Apparently, Corey asked for the Michael Jackson stuff. Do you find this witness, uh, as important as this person is, could also be problematic for a state's case? 
Well, let's yeah, let's take the first part, right? So if they can find the, the drug dealer that, that sold her the drugs, this is going to be an important aspect because he's just going to say, yeah, I sold her $900 worth of pills. The second part of it is, of course, you're dealing with people who are also criminals who are also going to try to make a deal and make themselves look better so that they, you know, they can avoid the jail time. So we're seeing a lot of states go after the drug dealers for manslaughter charges and the like. So he'll probably try to break a deal or make a deal and, uh, you know, try to get off on some jail time or not jail, no jail time at all just to testify against her. So the defense attorney is always going to hurt. Attorney is always going to bring out that, you know, that he's doing this you know, to save his own skin. But that's just part of the, the whole process. What, what amazes me, we cover so many different cases on law and crime, on sidebar. She is innocent until proven guilty. We have to make that clear. But what just amazes me is that it seems almost textbook, right? life insurance policies, money, trying to cover things up. Why is it so textbook? It, it, it amazes me that people who are planning to kill their spouses, they leave a trail of breadcrumbs in every case. And does that surprise you? Again, this she hasn't been found guilty, but just the evidence that we're seeing, it feels like if, if you really were going to plan the murder of your husband, how do you leave this trail? Is, it, is that surprising to you at all? No, it's not surprising. Over the 20 plus years I was doing this, I mean, if you told me there was a pink elephant in the lobby, I'd say, all right, let's go see it. So, I mean, at this point, the evidence uh, is, is stacking up against her. And a lot of people think that they're smarter than the police. And that's pretty much their downfall. Right? They think they're going to be able to do this. And yet there's not only just breadcrumbs, but there's probably a lot of electronic breadcrumbs, too, that we are unaware of at the moment that we're going to find out during the course of the preliminary hearings and everything else that goes on with this. So it's going to be interesting to see how uh, they, the prosecutor and the police, you know, put this all together. But right now, uh, it doesn't look good for her or her defense. And I'll give you the most tragic aspect of this. So as I mentioned, Eric Richards suspected that his wife was going to kill him, that his life might have been in danger. Question is, why would he stay there? Why would he stay with her? Well, the Richards family attorney indicated that he stayed with her. Because not only did he love her, but he didn't want to leave and divorce her and create a broken home for their three young boys, which is just incredibly sad to think about. There was reports that he was considering divorcing and maybe was going to be speaking to a divorce lawyer. But the fact that he stayed knowing that there was this danger to him, and again, this is what the allegation is, it's just remarkable to think about that he wanted to make sure he kept a safe and, and a great home for his boys. Just really sad to think about. Joseph, thank you for taking the time. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Jesse. And that's all we have for you here on Sidebar, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jesse Weber. I'll speak to you next time.